Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Anna Karen Loves Paper. Greeting cards help us communicate. Those folded pieces of paper with their gorgeous designs and perfectly concise phrases can encapsulate exactly how we feel and make it easy to express those feelings to the people we care about. Sometimes the words are hard. Let Anna Karen Loves Paper help you say whatever it is you need to. This Latina-owned, queer-friendly small business specializes in stunning, handmade cards and stationery goods, all full of personality. They have beautiful greeting cards suitable for every occasion, from birthdays to major holidays to just thinking about yous. Additionally, get your fill of notepads, stickers, washi tape writing implements to make sure your desk is ready to go when inspiration strikes. Anna Karen first started selling cards when she was 16. She fell in love with papercraft and never stopped. And the proof is in all the awesome things you can get when you visit AnnaKarenLovesPaper.com. That's A-N-A-K-A-R-E-N LovesPaper.com. Thanks to Anna Karen Loves Paper for their support. This is, this is, this is Greater Boston. Wow. In there, huh? That is awfully isolated. Oh, gated. Hmm. Awfully imposing. <laughs> With all those chains, too. Not sure how I'm meant to get in there. Let's see, uh... Oh, it just came right open! Look at that! Not really locked, just kind of staged to look like it. <laughs> I suppose that makes sense, what with someone living down there and all. So, just have to head down in there, into that dark, abandoned underground tunnel. That's fine. Totally fine. <laughs> yep. Nothing to worry about. Oh, come on, Bernie. Pull it together. Deep breath. Oh, you're a proud mail carrier from a long line of proud mail carriers. You go where the job takes you. And sometimes the job takes you to unexpected places. Unexpected, terrifying places. Now, Bernie, stop dithering. You made a pledge. Neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays these couriers from the swift completion of their appointed rounds. 
Well, this counts as gloom of night now, doesn't it? So, it won't stay me from my swift completion. That's just how it is. So hop to it. Right. Here I go. Hello? Anyone home? Oh, I think I see a light. Hello? <laughs> Mail call. Just your friendly postman with the delivery. I'm just coming down the tunnel. Please don't uh, eat me, if that's the sort of thing you are. <laughs> hello? What? Uh, oh, uh, hello there. Uh, hey, hey, Didn't mean to startle you. you. I called out, but... Uh, oh, sorry, I had headphones on. Just getting caught up on the new season of Lower Decks. I have to admit, I was skeptical of a Star Trek cartoon, but then I heard there was an episode with Tom Paris, so, you know, at that point I had to. And I know it's not the first time there was the old animated series of the original, but, you know, just not how I think of Star Trek. Right. I I'm just here with a letter for you. For me? Are you Dimitri Stamatis? Yes. How on earth did you find me down here? <laughs> just followed my postman's intuition. Nice. Can't beat a good gut intuition for getting you where you need to go, right? Well, that's often been my own experience, but different people have different ways. I have to say, this was a strange one, though. It's not often I need to make more than one attempt, but the first time I tried to deliver this letter, I found myself in the North End, standing on the street. But by the time I got there, the old postal tug had completely dissipated, and I couldn't find any sign of you. It was the strangest thing. Oh, no, it makes complete sense. See, I was living in an abandoned Olive Garden food truck, and you probably just found the place where it used to be parked. But then it vanished one day. I don't know if it finally got towed or just stolen, but it was gone. And so I very abruptly didn't live there anymore. I bounced around for a little while before coming back here again. You got here just in time, too. I just got a lead on a squat over in Somerville that I'm planning to check out tomorrow. Oh, that is a relief to hear. <laughs> I was worried that the old noggin compass might be getting faulty. That would be just awful for someone in my profession. But now I've got an explanation, and it surely sets my mind at ease. Anywho, I've got your letter here from Michael Tate. Michael? Really? I wonder why he didn't just call. Well, he sent all these letters before his recent troubles. Locked in an office for a spell, as you know. Yeah, that was something. It was a lucky thing I found him before it was too late. Well, that was you? Well, now I just have so many questions. Oh, it wasn't much. I just followed my instincts, and there he was. You know how it goes. Well, how do you do? That's fascinating. And you've never worked in postal service? Never. I use it plenty, though. Well, it's always a pleasure to meet an appreciative customer. And speaking of, here's your letter. Thanks. If you don't need to rush off, you can help yourself to some coffee. There's a pot over on the hot plate there. Just brewed it. Well, don't mind if I do, so long as you'd welcome the company. And... Uh, if you don't mind sharing, I'd be awfully interested to hear what Mr. Tate had to say to the man who rescued him. Yeah, let's give it a read. Make yourself comfortable. Dear Dimitri, As I write this, I'm having an experience unexpectedly similar to some of your own recent adventures. Not long ago, you were trapped in an isolated Alaskan compound. Isolated from everyone you love, 
with no connection to the outside world, save for a convoluted one-way system for sending handwritten letters out to the unknown. Well, I too have spent many months in isolated captivity. I don't know if this letter will reach you or if I'll still be alive by the time it does. But if I've not yet been found by the time you read this, I hope you will come look for me. If anyone can find me here, I, I have to believe it's you after discovering Atlantis, <laughs> of all places. Locating a secret passage behind a kombucha machine in a small press publishing office should pose little challenge. I'm not sure if you know that I was living with Leon for several months prior to his death. I was unemployed at the time, unexpectedly laid off by the company we'd both been working for. It wasn't my fault that I was out of a job, but it was certainly my own fault that I wasn't prepared to deal with that kind of crisis. I had no savings, uh, no financial cushion. I, I'd never been good at long-term planning or reining in my impulses. Instead of a retirement plan, I had a 4K television. A mint-conditioned copy of Tales of Suspense, number 57. And, honestly, the best thing I personally owned was a collection of autographed life-size standees for the complete cast of the original Ghostbusters. I've never um, been good at controlling my impulses. And that's something else we have in common. We've known each other for a long time, and, and I know that it was very, very purposeful how Leon introduced us. I was still early in my recovery from alcoholism, but Leon had seen something else in me that he recognized. Something he thought you were better equipped to talk about, and you were right there for it, completely ready to discuss your experiences with a total stranger. I don't know that I've ever adequately thanked you for that conversation. You opened my eyes so much, and it really has made a difference for me. Believe it or not, nobody had ever thought to suggest I might have ADHD before that seemed so obvious in retrospect. So many things made sense in that light. The, the difficulties I had in school, my, my awful, awful financial planning, and, and of course, my addiction. That's an aspect of ADHD you don't hear much about. How it can reinforce an addiction. How hard it can be to stay on the wagon when your whole decision-making process was a tangle of chaotic impulses before you ever picked up a bottle in the first place. How the impulse itself is, is part of the addiction. Following an impulse just feels good. There's such a feeling of relief in it. Like, like you're releasing some huge buildup of pressure. And resisting what is, is like, 
I, I don't even know. Uh, like, like dragging your feet on sandpaper. You do it too long and, and, and you just fall apart. It's so hard to even know the difference sometimes, isn't it? Between a decision and an impulse. Sometimes all the thought you put into making a careful decision is really just rationalization for the impulse you've already started following. Other times, it's tempting to write a, a misguided action off as an impulse when really you made a bad decision fully on your own volition. And sometimes the impulse and the decision just lead you to the same place anyway. That's how I got to where I am right now. There was an impulse. But I saw it. And I recognized it. And I decided to follow where it led. It's, it's funny how two people can have the same problem in, in such different ways. You've never had the struggle with addiction that I do. But you've always said driving puts you into instant sensory overload. So far as I know, you've never driven a car in your adult life. I like driving. I feel completely focused when I'm behind the wheel. And you know one thing I've never, ever done? You know, despite my impulse control, despite my problems with alcohol, I've never driven drunk. That's, that's one place my impulses always steered me right. I get a few drinks in, and my brain kicks in with, <clears throat> Hey, uh, it's just a three-hour walk home from here. I bet that would be fun. So I guess, uh, uh thanks for that one, brain. <laughs> uh, and, of course... Our strategies for managing our ADHD could hardly be more different. You tried medication and told me all the ways it made your life easier, the chaos of your brain more manageable. And even so, you consciously planned a life that worked with your impulses rather than against them. And me. I chose a traditional career path and an array of carefully cultivated systems, calendars and to-do lists and mantras to keep me organized. I never did try medication. Oh, maybe I should have. I don't know. But with my history of addiction and my parents' history of addiction and, well... I have a hard time trusting that the solution to my addiction was another habit-forming substance. I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe that's the wrong way to think about it. But that's what I'm afraid of. Anyway, my, my larger point here is that there was something very fundamental that we had in common. But the way we've lived with that thing are very different. Neither one of us is right or wrong. 
we just have to find what's right for us. Leon was worried about you and Nika. He was worried about how long you'd gone without talking to each other, and how each of you felt abandoned by the other. There was always so much the two of you had in common, traits Leon never shared or related to. You both craved excitement and uncommon lives. You both wanted the world to be full of surprises. But because the two of you were so similar, you were terrible at predicting each other's actions. You both saw those similarities and so tried to extrapolate from what you knew of yourselves. And neither of you accounted for the differences. Nico was afraid and so couldn't imagine that you weren't. You felt restrained and so couldn't imagine that Nika didn't. She was never going to feel that sandpaper under her feet and you were never going to stop feeling it. But neither of you wanted to admit how different you really were because admitting that meant following different paths. But being on different paths doesn't mean you can't still be a part of each other's journeys. It doesn't mean you can't be headed towards the same direction. It just means you're two different people trying to find your own right way forward. And it'll just be that much easier to support each other once you acknowledge that you need different things. Because that will let you each give the other what they need, instead of always trying to give each other what you need. Anyway, some of those were my insights, and you know, some of those were Leon's. I hope both were helpful. You were a great help to me, Dimitri. And I'd really like to be able to return that favor. And I know it would mean the world to Leon to see you and Nika reconciled. In the meantime, live your best life, Dimitri. I love you. Your friend, Michael Tate. Wow. So... I suppose he was right about you being the one to find him. Sort of. I wasn't even looking for him, and I never even saw any kombucha machine. But, yeah. And still alive, too. Was his advice as helpful as he'd hoped? It was. Probably in more ways than he intended. Oh? I was on a submarine the last time my meds ran out. Couldn't exactly get a refill. And, uh, I kind of forgot after that. I've been off my meds for a couple of years now. It's probably time I took care of that. Especially if I'm going to be any help to Nika. You... got on a submarine? And that was with your meds? Ugh, they don't make me a different person. They just give me a little more agency over which impulse to chase, instead of needing to chase them all. And you chose... a submarine? My dude. 
I can't imagine ever not choosing the submarine when a submarine is an actual option on the table. I mean, except... Yes? Well, except for right now. Right now, Nika needs me. So, I'm not going anywhere. Greater Boston is created by Alexander Danner and Jeff Van Driesen with help from T.H. Ponders, Bob Ramunda, and Jordan Stillman. Recording and technical assistance from Mark Harmon. This episode was written and sound designed by Alexander Danner. Dialogue editing by Bob Ramunda. Portions of this episode were recorded at the Bridge Sound and Stage with recording engineers Javier Lam and Alex Allenson. This episode featured Josh Rubino as Bernie, James Johnston as Dimitri Stamatis, and James Oliva as Michael Tate. Charlie on the MTA recorded by Emily Peterson and Dirk Tiedi. The Tosa Waltz is written by Michael Cassidy and performed by Emily Peterson and Dirk Tiedi. Child Grove, Leaving of Liverpool, and Shove That Pig's Foot a Little Farther in the Fire performed by Adrienne Howard, Emily Peterson, and Dirk Tiedi. You can support Greater Boston on Patreon at patreon.com slash greaterboston. I swear to God, Bernie, the postman is going to use all of his postal powers to destroy every jet in the sky. It's a very uncommonly used postal power, but uh, I actually have all of the abilities and strengths of Magneto, master of magnetism. Anyway. The next letter I'm sending out is to Santa Claus, and it kind of go like this. It goes, Dear Santa Claus, this is Michael Tate. I am currently trapped within a small publisher uh, uh, secret room behind a kombucha machine, and I would really like the Annie Potts stand-in. Stand-in. I would really like the Annie Potts uh, standee. Uh, preferably signed to me, Michael Tate, if you could deliver that, and then I can go ahead and just die. Uh, love, Michael. Uh, P.S. I wish you also had gotten me that thing I'd asked for when I was a child at 12 years old, and I really, 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 really wanted uh, uh, the, uh, the, you know, the little masks uh, characters. Uh, there was a, uh, another guy who was, uh, who had like a, I don't even remember his name anymore, but I do remember I really, really wanted it. Anyway, that would come next. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish. Graham Shapiro is a decent man. Gideon Media's hit sci-fi thriller, Give Me Away, returns. There's a lot of people screaming in that prison right now. So screen me. Just know up front, I'm going to have input. What happened? Are you all right? Dad. Tell us everything. It seems like you want to scare us into thinking you're going to let us starve. But should your treatment of us ever cause this decent man to let me off the leash again, anything is possible. Give me away season two, starting April 11th.